Hey, uh, welcome to, uh, to Shine and to this teaching and training series. One thing you're going to find out about Shine, if you uh, have, well, there's a mask in case anybody needs one. Okay. Uh, we, and you can start the clock if you want. I guess you don't need to because we're good. Um, we, our series titles are very fluid. So, you know, it could be called One Thing This Weekend, Come Back Next Week, and it's a different thing. But we really feel that God is leading us to kind of, uh, for at least this next season, kind of turn a corner from the traditional teaching element and really be intentional about taking time in our weekend service to just actively equip and train. And not that that doesn't happen through teaching. We understand it does. But, but just... I guess, kind of stretch ourselves in a little bit more in, in, in giving all of us together an opportunity to chew on God's Word and, and to just, you know, process it together and to, to just learn to discern the voice of God together and dig in. And so it's been super fun the last couple of weeks. If you want to go back and, and look those up on YouTube, you can. Uh, if you want to follow along with our notes, you can find those on the Uversion app on your device. Um, so I encourage you to do that. Uh, and we'll be reading through an entire chapter here in a minute. It's Romans 14, and I encourage you, I'll be reading from the NIV, but I encourage you to even look up a different translation and kind of be reading along as we do so that God can just be uh, putting little nuggets uh, by his spirit in you. So, But hey, um, we want to tackle something. I'm excited because, again, God is just laying groundwork for unity and for all of us growing together. You know, it's one thing, there's a certain set of skills that you need when you're just gonna grow by yourself in the Lord and just kind of, you know, maybe attend a church service and kind of receive that and go home and journal and pray and just in your own heart. But how many of you guys would agree there's a whole different set of skills that we need if we're gonna like do this actually together? And literally being a part in each other's lives <laughs> of that spiritual growth, of speaking into each other's lives, of being vessels of the Holy Spirit. It's a whole different ballgame, guys. It's a whole different ballgame from this end, too. Can I just be honest with you? And, and the, staff can, <laughs> the staff can attest to this. Wow. I, I am 50% excited, 51% excited, 49% just mortified. Um, because I told somebody, and, and this is, Oh, man. Okay, can I just be vulnerable with you for a second? I, I, I mean this. Um, I told a couple of people, just this thought came to me. It's one thing to trust the Holy Spirit in you as a speaker and as a preacher. It's a very different thing to trust the Holy Spirit in everybody else. I know that's terrible. I mean, like, like what, what do we even believe? If we don't believe that the Holy Spirit speaks through the Bible, like what in the world, what book are we? We're not reading the Bible, obviously. But just in all honesty... Um, I've preached for a number of years and you can rely on a lot of different things to get you through a 40-minute time period. You can rely on humor, you can rely on experience, you can rely on your Bible knowledge, you can rely on, you know, funny stories and charm and charisma and all the earthly things that can kind of make you at least feel about yourself like, yeah, I think that was pretty good or whatever. And when God leads us together as a family to like a place where it's like, yeah, no, so basically it's just, either the Holy Spirit speaks through you or <laughs> we're out of here in seven minutes, which wouldn't be a bad thing either. I mean, right, that wouldn't be the worst service. <laughs> All dismissed early. But, um, but truly, it's just another step. God's growing us as leaders as well. So I just want to um, give it up for Pastor Dan and Kim and their leadership. It takes courage to trust. It takes courage to trust the Holy Spirit in a different way. And so I'm just just right here doing that right now with with so <laughs> <Woo-hoo>! <laughs> uh, but i'm super excited so hey um how many of you guys know that god has a dream for his people 
God has a dream for us. I know Martin Luther King Jr. had a dream. I believe that dream also was awesome, and it was from the Lord. It was God breathed into his spirit. But God has a dream for us, and I just think it's, it's very, it's an incredibly engaging dream, and we find it in many places in the word, but, but one place, and it's a place that we've actually uh, used in this series even, is in Philippians chapter 4, verses 11 through 13. And I'm just going to read that real quick. It says this, So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to equip his people for works of service. That word means ministry. Who are his people? Us, right? We, them, we as them, they as us, okay? To, we're here to equip you for the work of the ministry so that, and whatever comes after that is pretty important to God, so that the body of Christ, who is that? Us, may be built up until, listen to this, until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Wow. That's God's vision for us. He wants us to experience unity and in the knowledge of Jesus. And that knowledge is experiential. It's not like a theoretical, you know, memorize something. It's an experience that we're having in Jesus together with each other in unity, maturing together. That's a pretty, would you agree that's a pretty lofty vision? Sometimes, do you think he thinks more of us than we think of ourselves in terms of potential? (laughs) We're like, how about if we make it to a couple services a month and, you know, don't fall asleep? That's our goal. For us as a church, right? God's like, no, I have a bigger vision for you. But it's pretty awesome. He's inviting us into something. But how many of you guys know, um, the minute that we set our heart to say, um, okay, God, I'm going to let some walls down. I'm going to become vulnerable. I'm going to like let others in and kind of try this whole experiment of growing in community. Bam, somebody's going to hurt you. Anybody experience that? Conflict is going to happen. You're going to be misjudged. You're going to be misunderstood. You're going to be potentially accused of something or rejected or feel awkward. All kinds of pain can happen. By the way, this isn't something new to us. In the Bible, like literally right after Jesus rose from the dead, ascended to the Father, Holy Spirit comes down, day of Pentecost. I mean, would you agree? Kind of a highlight. Like 3,000 people come to Jesus in one day. Bam, the church is off to a great start. Woo-hoo! This is going to be great. We're all in unity, one accord, 120. All of a sudden, literally a couple chapters later, there's discord because the uh, the Greek-speaking widows feel that they're being neglected in the distribution of food. They had like a food pantry or some sort of deal like that. And the Hebrew-speaking widows were getting the best cuts of meat and the best, you know, whatever. So all of a sudden it's like, wow, really? Like in literally like a couple chapters after just heaven comes to earth, already, boom, conflict. Why? Because we're human. And because whenever humans come together, right, they say if you find a perfect church, don't join because you won't be perfect anymore. Maybe that's a pastor too. <laughs> I know it'd be true of me, right? If I joined, it's no longer perfect. But here's the thing, right? Whenever God decided to include us in his whole experiment of a church and a body of Christ and a bride for Christ, and that by definition brings conflict, brings a rub. Man, you can read about Acts 15. There was conflict between ethnic groups and whether you need to be circumcised or not and eat meat, sacrifice, you know, all kinds of crazy sort of tensions in the church and they had to work through those things. But Romans 14 speaks to, uh, I believe, some attitudes and some uh, understanding that God wants us to have in order to make this work. And guys, listen, it's work. If anybody tells you that unity isn't work, they're selling something, right? Would you agree? Have you found that, like if you're married, have you found that in your marriage? It takes work. It's work to listen, to be patient, to be humble, 
to draw near when it just feels a lot more, I don't know, instinctive sometimes to just whatever, right? Try to get our way. I mean, unity is work. It's hard. It's hard work, but it's worth it. And I believe God wants us to know that, that unity is totally worth it and that there's incredible things he wants to do through it. And so what we're going to do is kind of read this whole chapter of Romans 14. Never been, to my knowledge, done before in a church service, like a whole chapter. Other than Psalm like 117 that has like two verses, you know, praise the Lord all the earth. Everybody clap your hands. And No, that doesn't count. But like literally a whole chapter. So it's kind of long. I get it. We're experimenting. Maybe it's not the greatest idea, but we're going to go for it and we're going to read this. And I want to just give you a quick little bit of context about it because, and I think we're just, we're going to jump in and, and we got the two mics and the interactive deal and all that. So, um, but Romans is the epistle that was written around 19, or er, 19, well, 1958. No, actually, <laughs> Wow. <laughs> you didn't know. It was, no. It was written to 58. Just forget the, yeah. In around 58 AD. And um, it was, uh, Paul was kind of wrapping up his third missionary journey. He was probably in the, in the big city of Corinth. He was heading to Jerusalem with an offering that he had collected from all these different churches of the nations, of Gentiles for the Jewish Christians. And so, but he had an opportunity to write this epistle. He wrote it we don't think he had ever even been to Rome. He certainly had not been a part of the founding of the church in Rome as he had with all of these other churches like Ephesus and Philippi and all that. And so he wrote this letter by most, if not all scholars, it's agreedly kind of the, the, the masterpiece of, of theology. I mean, it includes so many doctrines, right? The justification by faith and who God is and the sin problem and Jesus and, man, the Holy Spirit that intercedes for us with groans that, you know, and, and nothing can separate us from the love of God and there's no condemnation for those who are, I mean, incredible stuff, right? So he spends like eight chapters just gushing out what God has done and all of his goodness and how we can just know that we're saved by faith alone. Then 9 through 11, he kind of takes a break and talks about the, the Israelites. And what about them, right? They're not jumping on that bandwagon of Jesus as Messiah. What's going to happen with them? So he talks about kind of their God's eternal covenant with them and how God's going to, you know, bring them in in the end and all that. And then chapters 12 through 16 talk about, as Paul often does, kind of takes a turn and talks about what difference does this all make, right? Let's get practical. How does this change the way we live? How does this change the way we relate to each other? All of this stuff that God has done for us, how, what does it look like when it really is lived out in our lives? And so here what happened was the church in Rome had a mixture of Jewish believers who had um, uh, lived their whole lives not eating pork, keeping the Sabbath, being very careful what they ate, being very careful to follow all those things, having been circumcised, those kinds of things. And then there was a lot of Greek or non-Jewish believers, even some in the household of Caesar. Who, and so there is this kind of racial, ethnic, cultural collision happening in Rome. Rome was a huge city, probably 800,000 people at the time or so. And uh, so Paul speaks right into that. And I think it addresses a lot of where we are today. So let's read it. I'm going to read it from the NIV, but if you have a different uh, translation, please kind of follow along in that translation because you'll have an opportunity to speak uh, into this. So here goes. Accept the one whose faith is weak without quarreling over disputable matters. One person's faith allows them to eat anything, but another whose faith is weak eats only vegetables. The one who eats everything must not treat with contempt the one who does not. And the one who does not eat everything must not judge the one who does, for God has accepted them. 
Who are you to judge someone else's servant? To their own master, servants stand or fall. And they will stand, for the Lord is able to make them stand. One person considers one day more sacred than another. Another considers every day alike. Each of them should be fully convinced in their own mind. Whoever regards one day as special does so to the Lord. Whoever eats meat does so to the Lord, for they give thanks to God. And whoever abstains does so to the Lord and gives thanks to God. For none of us lives for ourselves alone, and none of us dies for ourselves alone. If we live, we live for the Lord. And if we die, we die for the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. For this reason, Christ died and returned to life, so that he might be the Lord of both the dead and the living. You then, why do you judge your brother or sister? Why do you treat them with contempt? For we will all stand before God's judgment seat. It is written, as surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bow before me. Every tongue will acknowledge God. So then, each of us will give an account of ourselves to God. Therefore, let us stop passing judgment on one another. Instead, make up your mind not to put any stumbling block or obstacle in the way of a brother or sister. I am convinced, being fully persuaded in the Lord Jesus, that nothing is unclean in itself. But if anyone regards something as unclean, then for that person it is unclean. If your brother or sister is distressed because of what you eat, you are no longer acting in love. Do not by your eating destroy someone for whom Christ died. Therefore do not let what you know to be good excuse me, what you know is good, be spoken of as evil. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Because anyone who serves Christ in this way is pleasing to God and receives human approval. Let us therefore make every effort to do what leads to peace and to mutual edification. Do not destroy the work of God for the sake of food. All food is clean, but it is wrong for a person to eat anything that causes someone else to stumble. It is better not to eat meat or drink wine or do anything else that will cause your brother or sister to fall. So whatever you believe about these things, keep between yourself and God. Blessed is the one who does not condemn himself by what he approves. But whoever has doubts is condemned if they eat because their eating is not from faith. And everything that does not come from faith is sin. Father, thank you for your word. God, we just once again, Holy Spirit, invite you to just be right in the middle of us and take us where you want us to go. Speak to us. Speak through us. Let us partake together of you, even through one another and through the light that you're shining in each one of our hearts. To your word, we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. So I want to start with a question for you, and it's... Um, Maybe not the most, you know, doctrinal dis Oh, and by the way, uh, if you could put up just, we identified four rules of engagement that we believe are important as we have these discussions. Because again, we're going we're gonna to get to some stuff where there might be some different viewpoints. There might be some of that tension that we talked about, um, just like a tent rod, right? So there they are. Listen empathetically. Just kind of remember there's another human being with a story on the end, other end of whatever comment you just heard. Ask good questions. Um, and absolutely, you are free to ask questions as well. Don't feel like you just have to answer questions. Speak for yourself. 
Um, and that's, that's just a good idea. Say, hey, from, from my vantage point, this is how I've seen this or what I think about it. And then take no offense, right? We can just all agree to love each other and to pursue Jesus and to climb that mountain um, towards, towards becoming like him, even if we're climbing it kind of from different sides uh, of that peak. So uh, here's the question. Uh, what in that chapter, as we talked about, they used too many examples, right? The Sabbath, one person keeping the Sabbath is holy, another person just kind of having all days be the same, and they used the idea of eating meat that was sacrificed. So what they would do is they would uh, sell meat in the marketplace that had been sacrificed to idols oftentimes. And so there was just this question about like, is it okay to eat that meat or has the fact that it's been sacrificed kind of defile it? And so there were folks that were like, no, absolutely, we do not eat meat. You know, we, we dig to the bottom of it, figure out if it's been sacrificed and if so, then we don't. Other people were like, I don't ask, kind of don't ask, don't tell. Like, okay, I go, I get my little ribeye, enjoy it, you know, medium rare and thank God for, you know. So there was this kind of, but it, it was causing, it was threatening division in the body of Christ. And so those are kind of the two examples that are used. But I wanted to ask you, what in this chapter uh, makes you feel encouraged or makes you feel discouraged? What in this passage, in reading it, do you feel like, oh man, you know, uh, hope rising up inside of you and encouragement, or what did you find discouraging? I know that's a bit of a vulnerable place to start, so... I'm counting on some of us that have been a part of it. Oop, Melanie's going to kick us off. All right. Thank you, Melanie. This is probably just a small thing, but um, in the beginning of it, it says, accept other, in my translation, it says, accept other believers. Mm. And I just stop right there. And I, uh, as I was reading through this week and that, I thought, yeah, I'm accepting another person who believes in Jesus just like I do, mm -hmm. right? So it's just like stop in my tracks and, mm -hmm. and think, even if this person has a different opinion about things or if they, they do this and I would never go there or vice versa, whatever, it's just realizing that this person believes in Jesus and loves Jesus mm -hmm. just like me. I'm going to assume wow. that anyway, you know, that they love the Lord and they're trying to do everything they can to love him. So good. So good. Wow. And this, that's right off the bat, just that first line, right? Accept as it starts right there with that, that admonishment. Yeah, Todd. I'm probably going to say just about the same thing. I'm Todd, by the way. Um, and uh, just that, just to major on the majors and minor on the minors and that, that, uh, uh, whether anybody believes something differently from me, you know, I know that the the main thing is Jesus, right? And Jesus Christ and him crucified and, and all of that. Um, and, and that it, on the one, on the one hand, like I don't, I'm not responsible to judge somebody else's beliefs or how they, um, how they worship God. Um, and also, you know, on the other hand, uh, it doesn't matter if they judge me. They may, whoever it may be, may judge me on how I live my life, but it doesn't matter. I have one judge, um, and my life is unto him. And, and so it's, it's, it frees me, anyway, mm. to, to worship side by side and to live life with uh, people, you know, just with an understanding and, and that. And 
whether I deem their faith as weak because they don't eat certain foods uh, and mine is stronger because I don't care uh, or whatever. Uh, it doesn't matter because they love Jesus. I love Jesus. Jesus loves us. And it's all good like that. Mm. So. so good. Mm. All right, so I'll go ahead and say it. I'm Justin. I'm super discouraged. <laughs> Tell us why, Justin. I'm just totally destroyed by this. I mean, I'm sitting here, as you're reading it, I'm like, okay, God, I'm going to submit. I'm going to submit. Like, it's your authority. I'm going to do it, but I do not agree with it. Um, you know, verse, verse 5, it says, each person must be fully convinced in his own mind. I jump up and down when I read. It's like, Yes. Yes, have a deep belief for what you do. Don't do anything just because the next person does it or because it's your tradition. Like, understand the why. Why do we do what we do in everything? Baptism, uh, communion, why do we believe it? You know, everything. Um, and be convinced of that. And if, if I'm going to drink a beer, be well, don't just go drink a beer. Like, think about it. Lord, is this, is this okay for me? Um, can I do this? Uh, can I go to whatever? Um, and, uh, and so when I step into those things, I'm fully convinced in those moments. And then later on, it says, do not tear down the work of God for the sake of food. And I'm like, well, <laughs> all right, that makes sense. And, but it goes on and, and clearly says, like, don't do it. Um, if you're with somebody who um, that's going to be a problem, Stop it. Don't do it. It's not worth it. Uh, and what, what was that one zinger he said? Do not destroy with <laughs> yeah. your food, or in this case, do not destroy with your beer him for whom Christ died. It's mm. like, oh, all right. Wow. I'll submit to that. But I don't like it. Um, if we have freedom, then there should be freedom. Mm -hmm. And I really struggle with just practice, just being honest. Mm -hmm. I really struggle with um, the way I'm wired, my personality of what, this is going to sound really harsh, kowtowing to other people's mm -hmm. wrong opinions. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I'll yeah. just, please respond. Yeah, anybody else want to, anybody else want to piggyback Marcus? <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, the gentleman in the back who will say his name with the black hat. Oh, yes, yeah, so I'm Marcus. <laughs> hey, hi, everyone. <laughs> um... <laughs> I think it's incredibly encouraging because God, what I read in this is that God's desire is not to create a bunch of clones. Mm, um, mm -hmm. And I don't normally fit the mold of what other people want me to fit. And I'm appreciative that I can be who God created me to be. I love that freedom. Um, and there's major responsibility in that. And I think what Justin says is like this level of, I, I love that side of it that God has been like, hey, I've wired you and I've knit you in a way that you're different than everybody else. And I love that. He, he loves that fact about us. And he loves the fact that the person who's completely opposite than me and that I judge consistently, <laughs> he also loves them. And yeah. neither of us is more right than the other in the way that we live. But I think my challenge is, and the, I think the disheartening thing when I read this, is how frequently I personally try to apply who I am to somebody else. And that hurts my heart. It, it murders me because I realize how I try to over-justify the way that I think about something or try to blanket apply it to the community of believers thinking that I'm doing it the right way, mm -hmm. like my way is correct. Mm -hmm. And I recognize that that's a two-way street. In fact, it's a, a very multifaceted street. It's coming from all different angles. Um, and 
it, it really hits me to the core of the fact that, like, God gave me that freedom, but he gave everybody else that, and I cannot take that freedom and go apply it to somebody else and say, well, now you need to walk in this same level of freedom, or you need to walk in this same level of, of res- reservation. Um, and, and I don't expect that, and I don't appreciate that whenever it comes from somebody else, but then I look at that, and I'm like, oh, how frequently, even just internally, how frequently am I doing that and applying that just mentally to other people? And that hurts because it's, you know, there's so many, like you said, DJ, I think at the beginning of this, there's so many people with so many different viewpoints. This idea of speak for yourself, point number three, is this reality that the walk that I've had in life is not the same as everybody else's. So the freedoms that I have in life are not the same as somebody else's freedoms. And the things that I'm restricted in life are not the same things that other people are restricted in. And that's hard. It's really challenging because there's, I would much rather have here are the five things you can eat and the five things you can't eat and the five mm-hmm. things you can drink and the five things you can't mm-hmm. drink. And, yep. But that's not relationship and that's not faith and that's not a journey that God walks us through, mm. uh, that he wants to walk us through because he's not trying to make clones. And that's awesome and it sucks at the mm-hmm. same time <laughs> yeah. because I have to live with a bunch of other idiots that don't think the way I do. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like, and that's yep. legitimately, that's how I feel so frequently. Yep. But I'm, I'm nailed to the core that I think that way so frequently. <laughs> Powerful stuff, man. Oh, okay. So I want to talk about masks. What's your name? Ooh, Neil. Hey, Neil. So I, um, I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna say I'm a hypocrite because, um, and this, this is challenging. This passage is challenging to me because I, I love that God says, "Son, you're free." You're free to make a decision, uh, but with that freedom comes responsibility, and, and don't be arrogant about your how you come to me. Mm-hmm. And I seem to come to God with this air of, like, I'm holier than thou, and I'm going to wear a mask, and how dare you not wear a mask? Um, and I judge people for not wearing a mask. And on the flip side, when I don't wear a mask, I judge others for wearing a mask <laughs> and saying, what's wrong with you? Get over it. And it's when it's convenient for me. Mm-hmm. And, and, and what's interesting that you bring this up right now is because I think this has divided our church. Mm-hmm. We, we, it's divided our families. And I think it's, mm-hmm. it's just a little symptom of a, of a bigger problem mm-hmm. of how divided our hearts are. Mm-hmm. And all this to say is that I'm, I'm guilty of being a hypocrite and being arrogant when I'm on this side of the aisle and when I'm on this side of the aisle. And I'm very good at going both on both sides. Mm-hmm. I'm a salesman. Mm-hmm. And I'm a chameleon. Yeah. And I will be to you what you need me to be to you mm-hmm. to get my way. Mm-hmm. But I know that God sees way past that. And, and <laughs> I'm embarrassed that I've been that way. Mm. Um, yeah. So good. Real quick, because we've had a couple of people bring up a couple specific items, um, would it be helpful just to make a list together of some of the things? Because, you know, we read in Romans 14, okay, meat, sacrifice, idols, and Sabbath. Like, I mean, we can sort of try to, but I think we all understand there's probably things in 2022 that would you agree that are considered, I guess we could call them Romans 14 items? Is that right? Is that safe to say? And... Um, so why don't we do that? Why don't we actually make a list um, just of some of the things? Well, it's not going to be an exhaustive list, but just some of the things that can sort of help us um, put a, you know, just put ourselves right here and now uh, where we live. 
in that, and I'm going to try something never done before. It's like screen mirroring, getting all up in the 20th, 21st century here at Shine Church. I don't know. All right, so yeah, what's an item? I mean, you brought up having alcohol. Would that be something? Beer, beer specifically. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, and masks, you brought up. Okay. Don't need to write bigger, by the way. Sorry. Never done this before, so. Jen? Oh, you got something? So during worship, I said it was a really hard week for me. It's been a couple of hard weeks because I work for Douglas County Schools. Mm. That's why. Um, and so this really convicted me because there's the, our community has split and taken sides on this issue so strongly. And everybody believes so strongly on their side, including me. And I, you read that, and I went, Stop, Jennifer. You know, it's, mm. oh, I'm Jennifer, by the way. <laughs> um, you know, and so for me, I like right here current is that split on what's going on in our local school district and how I believe that everybody on either side, especially believers, really has sought the Lord about it and feels very strongly for a really good reason. And we need to accept that that's okay and God's in it. Mm. Wow. Somebody else, items, tension, items, Romans 14 items. Um, <clears throat> hey, I'm Mike, and I hey, am Mike. admittedly the least politically knowledgeable person you will ever meet, but I have noticed that politics can definitely <laughs> divide people, like whether or not you're Republican or, I don't know, whatever the other party is. <laughs> Very good, yes, I think we all agree on that. Yes, Ed. Hi, Ms. Yep. My name is Ed. I wasn't going to say anything, but um, <clears throat> you started off, DJ, by talking about unity. Um, Ecclesiastes says there's nothing new under the sun. We sit there and think, oh, man, it's never been this bad ever. How can things be so bad? It's never been that way. Mm -hmm. It has. Nothing's new under the sun. We're talking about it right here. Um, and I'm just thinking above um, the issues. There's a right way and a wrong way. We've been living for the last year in the country with the guise of unity. And how's that worked out? Um, God's looking at things. There's a right way and a wrong way of doing things. We can, if we just sit above it and think how he is hurt when we hold things against somebody else because they may not think the same way that we do. Mm -hmm. um, as Marcus said, I feel like, oh, I'm right. You're wrong. God's saying, why don't you look at things in my perspective? Mm -hmm. There's not always a right and a wrong. Mm -hmm. But the way you're acting, you're hurting. That's not unity. That's all I wanted to say, so. So, DJ, I got one from my childhood growing up in the church. Ninja Turtles and secular music. <laughs> are they good? Are, are we good on that now? Or? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> my, 
totally agree with that. They would totally agree with that. Okay, good. Yes, probably entertainment as a whole. Could I, could I just include that? Like R-rated movies. I mean, talk about, yeah, so, all right. Go ahead, whoever. I just want to, like, even pause while we're making this list, and, and I want to note something, like, even as we're sharing these things, there's people in this room. Mm -hmm. I just want you guys to know that. Mm -hmm. There's people in this room. Yep. This isn't outside of this room. Yep. And we need to remember that while we're discussing it. Mm -hmm. um, the line in here that just captivates me is God has accepted them. Mm. And so, like, even as we go forward with naming these things, let's assume that in this room, we've got people on both sides of every one of these issues mm -hmm. with grace. Yes. I'm, I'm sorry, just, I just want to make sure yeah. we're, like, in that place. I don't want anybody walking out going, oh, my word, everybody believed this one way. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying in the church? Mm -hmm. And so I, th I think that this is it's hot, but we, it's like God, as it looks down here and just loves each one of yeah. us in this room. Yeah. And again, that's an example of why God has put different organs in the body, right? If, if you got different organs that all of a sudden send antibodies or discern infection or, you know what I mean, kind of regulate the health and what you just did is operating in that health regulating, hey, as we discuss things, even the laughter, even the tone, even whatever. So thank you, Angela. That's, that's, that's the only way that this works in a way that's life-giving for all of us and that we all feel accepted and loved is when all the parts of the body are working, sensing antennas up. Thank you, Angela, for, for saying that. Yeah, Brian. So, um, Could you say your name? Brian, a um, couple things, a couple things. Um, this, this, this was good for me. This was really good for me because I was raised in an Amish community where there's a ton of rules, uh, tons of do's and don'ts. And so <clears throat> it's funny that I'm 44 years old, left the community when I was 19, mm -hmm. and I'm still working through mm -hmm. some of those. Even though I know that, you know, God set us free from those things, I'm still realizing, gosh, that's me. Mm. And so this is really good for me. Two, back in October, I was flying to Michigan. And the whole election year, I got so negatively involved, right? Me against them kind of thing. And I was just meditating on the Holy Spirit, and he, loud and clear, said, you know that I'm not conservative or progressive, don't you? Hmm. Ugh. <laughs> that was huge for me, and that just really set me free as far as, gosh, you really do love all hmm. of us, don't you? So. Thank you for sharing that. I think one of the things you could add to this list is the Oxford comma. <laughs> Should I use an example of let's eat, mom? Like, well, you know, verse, or, the most, what, what's the most important verse in this whole chapter? Whoa. Wow. I think we're about to find out. Well, based on <laughs> one man's opinion, right? Verse 17 is the most important verse. Mm. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but 
of three things listed. Righteousness, peace, no Oxford comma, Mm. and joy in the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. Three things that should matter more than anything else. Mm. Righteousness, Mm -hmm. peace, and joy, not meat. <laughs> so when you have a, a series of three items in a sentence <clears throat> and you have a comma after the first one and then there there should be <clears throat> a comma after the second one before the and and then the last thing otherwise it really changes the grammar of everything if sometimes commas are omitted it changes a lot of things yeah we should eat grandma that's a good example we should eat grandma we should eat, comma, grandma, right? We should eat grandma is not, yeah. So Oxford, comma, yeah. Yep, go ahead. Okay, I'm, I'm thinking about a lot of, oh, I'm Jen. I'm thinking about a lot of things that everyone is sharing and um, something that just came to my mind um, is just over the last maybe couple years, I really felt prey maybe to be offended by some things that I'm strongly convicted about Mm. and just I I usually stay pretty quiet um and just a lot of things like just offended me and I felt like I really had to ask God all the time like I would pray just create in me like a clean heart and like I didn't want to have like resentment and grudges against people that I loved and cared for who were within my faith community in the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that God just showed me something so powerful because I have a super close friend and um, I just really had such different opinions from her and things just were really hard for me, but I just kept showing up and um <laughs> It was just interesting to me, like there were things that I had to really repent of, you know, and um, both of us just kind of went through some really hard times. And it was interesting to me that of all the people I would have thought could meet me where I was and truly understand and reach out to me and walk with me through something that was really difficult, it was the person who I had just complete polar opposite, like maybe political ideas or just certain issues, like a lot of these things. And God just showed me that. And I was like, thank you, God, because I realized like we could have just all these different opinions and different stances that we all just got so caught up in. But she was the person who called me one day out of the blue and we were just in tears together. Um, and I just think it's so important for us not to lose our unity and not to lose our relationships with people over some of these things. Wow. Hey. Thank you. Yeah, go ahead, Dan. I was just going to say thank you for sharing that. I think that's, and we've heard a couple of different, you know, I think something very clearly, um, and by the way, so we're going to close up shop here in, in just a minute for, for this weekend. This topic we kind of suspected um, would be a two-week topic. So, um, lucky for all of us, 
Um, we are going to continue this conversation. Pastor Dan is going to facilitate next weekend because there's just so much here, so much here for us. But thank you, uh, Jen, for, for sharing and, and reiterating for all of us that, that God is, is just challenging us amongst you know, several different things here to, to just value relationship and to, to just believe the best about each other. And, and you're absolutely right. You saw the love and the, and the friendship and the care you know, through your friend that from this standpoint of trying to make everything match wasn't there. But yet, you know, there was something deeper that there could be a unity and a love, you know, and that's powerful. I believe that, that we're going to discover more of that. Yeah, Dan. So I'm going to put you on the spot here. Yeah. Um, I, I referred last week to a conversation that DJ and I had with um, somebody from the church that, that was expressing just some concern about kind of the direction we were going. Um, and in the middle of, of that conversation, DJ, you had an illustration of climbing a mountain. Mm -hmm. um, can, you, can you share that? Because as um, Jim was sharing that, I just, I just it came back to my head, and I thought it was just so powerful uh, when you shared it with, with just he and I. Yeah, for sure. Um, um, I have a nephew that comes to Colorado and does some boulder climbing, you know, some rock climbing and all that kind of stuff, and, and he would obviously know much more about this than I do, but from the very rudimentary understanding I have of it, and from having watched um, Free Solo, is that what the, <laughs> so I'm an expert, guys, anyway, uh, but the idea of, you know, we're all climbing this mountain, not in our own performance, not trying to, you know, make ourselves something in our own strength, I don't mean that, but just relationally in, in the knowledge of God, in our, in our, understanding of him and our experience with him and our wanting to know him and become like him. It's kind of like we're all kind of doing some boulder climbing. And I think for all of us, the tendency when we found kind of a foothold or a finger hold or however they, sorry guys, maybe some of you are do this. And so, you know, and so you've got a ledge, you're like, hey, come over this way towards my side because this is an easy, you know, hop and a skip and you kind of do it and it works. But the reality is, Maybe God has a path that they're climbing up. Jesus is the goal, right? Knowing him, becoming like him, worshiping him, surrendering all that we are to him. You're absolutely right, Mark. It's, it's peace, righteousness, peace, joy in the Holy Spirit, right? There's passages here that talk about um, to our own master, we will give an account. You know, we're all, we're all climbing towards, towards him, and if he's our center of view, then we can benefit each other and share with each other things that have helped us along our journey. And guess what? Maybe sometimes that is exactly the foothold that helps someone gain a victory and get to the next level. But it's that humility of understanding it might not be, right? It might not be. There might be somebody else who is climbing up a different side and, and we can respect each other's path and at the same time, thank God, right? Justin mentioned at the beginning, every one of us should be convinced in our own mind as we seek the Lord, Lord, what's my, what's the rock that I'm supposed to, to grab onto? And that's, I'm going with what you're telling me, but I recognize you may be telling other people a completely different path that might seem diametrically. Is that, Dan, kind of what you were thinking? Um, I think... Wow, this is so rich, so I'm so thankful we have next week, because I think, guys, would you agree there's a lot here that God wants to speak to us? Um, so we're going we're gonna to close this. I'm going to read um, just that passage one more time, just reminding us of the vision um, that God has for us. And so our assignment this week is kind of study out this passage. Study out, just to, to prime a little bit, you know, there's obviously kind of the, the group 
in these two examples that are given of meat, sacrifice to idols, and Sabbath, there's the people that chose to abstain, and there was the people that felt okay with, with doing it, right? There were the people that were a little bit more like holding to the tradition of the, the, the Jews that had, had for thousands of years been keeping the Sabbath a certain way, and grandma talked about it, and mom talked about it, and we, you know what I'm saying, and, and we've taught our kids, like it's generation upon generation, and then there was others that were like, woo, like a little more free of, well, we're not Jews, and you know, to us, it makes sense to do it this other way. And so God has some really cool admonitions that he's giving each of those different groups of people. And I think in our lives, if we look at this list, is it fair to say that we might find ourselves on a more self-controlled, restrained camp in some areas, and then maybe more the freedom in Christ? And I mean, is that, do you think, I don't think it's like all or nothing, right? There might be in each area we land differently. And we're in one area, the person that's like, oh, I just don't feel like God wants me to do that or engage in that. And then in another area where the person's like, oh yeah, of course, there's nothing wrong with that. And so again, I think we, if we go and read this passage, this chapter, this week, um, ask God to, to show us, man, what are his admonitions for, for us in the areas that we're kind of more on the abstaining side? What are his admonitions for us when we're more on the freedom side in that particular issue? And what are his commandments to all of us? There's some big picture, big ideas here that I think uh, across the board, God's like, here's a big deal. Get this, and it's going to help us all climb the mountain. So just to reiterate, um, I'm going to go back to Ephesians, and you can pull it up on the screen if you can, Ephesians 4. Lord, do this in us pastors and teachers, to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all, every one of us, no one left behind, until we all reach unity in the faith, in hearing God, following his word, and in the knowledge or experiential knowledge of the Son of God, and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of of Christ. Lord, we just thank you for your dream for us. And truly, it's beyond us. Truly, it's like we read this and we're like, there's no way in our own power that we're getting there. But Lord, thank you that that was never the idea. That was never your thought. You always were committed to us. The power of the Holy Spirit, just your voice leading us, your love in our hearts for each other, your humility and the fruit of your spirit working its way into the soil of our hearts and working its way through us as we, as we honor each other, as we listen to each other, as we value each other and the unique story that each one of us has and represents. Lord, speak to us, God. Lord, let this not just be a passage on a piece of, uh, of, of Bible paper, but Lord, let this come to life in us. Let us be a community that causes the world to stop and pay attention because we are known by our love that we have one for another. God, let it be a shining light that makes people stop and look to you because you're the only one who could create that kind of unity in us. Lord, we give you our hearts. We give you our minds. We ask you to be the Lord, be the King, be the, the God of this church and of this body. Bless your people. Encourage each one. Speak to us in Jesus' name. Amen.